Welcome to E20, all you cool cats and kittens. We are your unofficial EastEnders podcast. We now give you fortnightly roundups of Walford life. And you know who to blame for fortnightly roundups? That bitch, Carol Baskin. Yeah, can you guess what we've been binge watching? <laughs> <laughs> Legendary. I'm the two spoons of arsenic Phil puts in tea, Emma. And I'm Tupac, not to be confused with the legendary rapper. No, I'm actually Jack's pet rat. Connor, so what we got coming up this week, Emma? We will be rounding up two weeks of episodes from Denny's funeral to Vinny's DJ dreams. We have your hero in Slappin' Dan. And favourite scene. And of course, lots more. But first, here's the jingle. Dun, 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 dun. You ain't my mother! Yes, I am! Get out of my pub! You need a slapping den! You bitch! You cow! I catch you cut. Hello, princess. Frank! Stice! Please in the fridge! Sausage surprise! Hope you enjoyed the fireworks! Good night! So, been up to much? If you haven't guessed already, I've been binge watching Tiger King. Not much I can say other than it's a complete crazy show. I totally recommended it. I recommended it to you. I watched it a week or so ago because I'd seen that loads of people had watched it. You'll love the memes. You'll love the memes after you've watched it if you haven't watched it already. I like, I don't know how I didn't watch it. Like, I feel like it's been missing from my life. I kept messaging like, have you not watched it yet? It's totally your show. <laughs> I, know. I thought it was about like this other person who like released a lie and killed someone. But now, like, I watched it. I was like, oh my god, that was not what it was about. And I was just like, what is this? What is this holy grail of memes and weirdos? I love it. The memes are everything. <laughs> I also binge watched, and this was a while ago. If anyone has Disney Plus, you must binge watch Encore. It's where. People go back to school and recreate their old plays that they recreated like 20 to 40 years ago. And it's so funny. It's so good. It is. It is. I've watched a few episodes as well. Not as many as Emma. Um, I'm behind, but they are hilarious. Beauty and the Beast, quite a special one. Oh, I love Beauty and the Beast. That one's fantastic. I also liked the Sound of Music one because like all of them are now adults and they still have to play the children roles. And there's a bit where he's like, I'm 14 and I'm a boy. And she goes, and yet you seem like a man. (laughs) I've also been baking. I've seen some of your handiwork. I have to say, they do look delicious. Like the cookies. I was like, oh, I wish I was able to like visit Emma and get some. (laughs) I mean, I'm surprising myself with my bacon. I couldn't believe how good the cookies actually were. They did look nice. I felt like maybe we should have done like a, a cookie drop off, you know, like we'll meet in a park on one walk a day. <laughs> you, just drop, you just drop the cookies off on a park bench and I'll just come across and get them. <laughs> I'll drop them off as I go past. I'll see you. Right. Give yeah. you the wink. Off Give you go nod. to pick them up. <laughs> uh, oh, there's a spider. Oh, oh my God, is there? Weirdly, my mic switched off. Where the hell's that spider gone? <gasps> oh my god, I just. It's on my computer. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a prisoner ever! <laughs> Help! Oh my god, it's just sat right next to me, no Okay, <laughs> go down this way. Oh my god, it's a runner. It's a runner. Oh no. 
No, not under me computer. Oh, 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 sugar. Just dropped it off. Get off, get off, get off. <laughs> oh, right. Well, it's it's over there somewhere by the radiator. So <laughs> I've, I've bought myself about half an hour. <laughs> Until oh, outburst number two. Jesus. Literally just crawled. And <laughs> I just saw things got the line. I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry about that back on with the show <laughs> well it's now time for the roundup and will connor find a spider in any section who knows we'll find out so whilst we were all reminiscing about times before the lockdown sharon was reminiscing about Times Danny had a different head. I love that bit. So she started yeah. the week looking through all of her photos. There was a photo of original Denny. There was a photo of Denny, who yeah, we, we, and, we pretty much know as Denny. And yeah. also a random boy who was definitely not Denny at any yeah. point. That was I, weird. I was like, he did not play Denny. The middle one. I feel one. like it was mm. like a Doctor Huey moment. You know, like how they've now done that new doctor. It's like a doctor before that no one's oh, ever Oh, yeah, seen. That, that's also weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what they've just done with Denny. Well, if he is the doctor, then at least we know he hasn't actually died. He's just reincarnated or regenerated. Oh, that's good. He's Come back any time. new face. Exactly. Exactly. So, yes, she was sat. It was really sad. She was sat looking through all the old kids' photos of children, some of whom were Denny and some of whom weren't definitely weren't um, yes definitely weren't <laughs> i don't remember um, him i was like who's yeah. that <laughs> yeah he had like brown hair didn't yeah he? and it was long yeah. so it was like a mixture yeah. of it was like a mixture of the two people who played denny but that was definitely not denny yeah do you think that's what they did do you think they just I do. used the two pictures i think to make it more believable that over time he changed completely they've just put that in the middle to go see that's how he changed <laughs> that was who he was before he came back as the denny because remember, long-haired, blonde Denny went upstairs for a very long time and all Sharon yeah. ever done was shout Denny upstairs. And then after quite a long period of time, the Denny we know <laughs> came yeah, down the stairs and we're like, that's not, that's not the it's Denny that went upstairs up. upstairs all that time. It's like the, um, what was that thing, that, that film called um, Thingies in the, the Attic, Flowers in the Attic. That's what he's been doing. He's just been living up there. <laughs> Living Doing up a Leo. There the just like Leo. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got his little bucket up there. He's fine. He's fine. So Don't I worry. think what they've done is, because that one had long hair but brown, what they've done is they had blonde, long-haired Denny who turned into this one with long hair but brown and then suddenly came out the other end with brown hair but shaved. <laughs> yeah, it's just mutated. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I just absolutely love the many faces of Denny. He is like he is like a time lord. And yet, not one of them did Lexi ever know. No. <laughs> but Lola and Ben and Lexi sent flowers, and Sharon's like, "I'm not having any of this." Yeah. Lexi did not know him at all. Bin them. Bin them. <laughs> Yeah, she is on our wavelength, isn't she? Because she's just like, no, they're going in the bin. She never knew them. <laughs> Let's all just be honest. We've done it, the gag, like, every week. You could count, like, on your hand how many times Lexi was even in the room with Denny. You couldn't even come up with a conversation they ever had. Like, come on. It just wasn't real. You can't just manufacture that they had a friendship. <laughs> <laughs> 
or that he was really close with her. When we know it's not the truth. I did think it was weird when, like, obviously, they she chucked the flowers in the bin and then was like, um, no Mitchells are allowed. But Jay's, like, stood over there practically an honorary Mitchell. I was thinking that as well. I was like, is Jay confused here? Is he like, well, am I still doing the funeral? Or <laughs> does that mean me? <laughs> do I go even if I'm organising? Or do I just stay at home? <laughs> or do I do what I've done a few times where I just give it to other people and they can do it instead? <laughs> yeah, randoms. Just gets randoms off the street, yeah. Yeah, Shrimpy, do you want to do a funeral? Well, to be fair, Stuart and Rainey could have done it. They're now suddenly employed. I even though that. I don't really think they've had any checks. <laughs> When, when did Rainey get employed? I know, it's weird. When did Cocas give their sign of approval on that? <laughs> I that, just love it. That still confuses me. I'm like, Rainey definitely just joined randomly. There was no explanation for that. It was like, Stuart needed someone, so she just jumped on board. Yeah. Obviously, Ian goes missing to go and talk to Dottie to do blackmailing, fun things, you know, the classics. We'll talk about them later. So Sharon was waiting for him, and during this time... We saw, obviously, Jay have everything ready. Everyone was going to their cars. Randomly, Max and Ruby were going. That was weird. That was so odd. When did they ever interact with Denny? Let's just remember, Lisa, Louise, Vicky, those kind of people weren't there. But Max and Ruby were. Yeah. (laughs) Tiffany was going, right? And I'm like, obviously, they have like a bit of history. So that's understandable. But she was going dressed in like animal print. (laughs) I was like, why is she doing that? <laughs> I think she must have done that because she knew Lola couldn't go. So she was like, I'll do it for uh, you. Don't worry. I'll, yeah, I'll honour it. <laughs> Just love it. There were so many weird things about that funeral. Yeah. Like the people going was odd. The The choice of clothing was odd. The weird fact that like they put that random picture of not Denny up around all the flowers. But this is where it gets more odd. So we're waiting for Ian and... In the, the bit where all the stalls are, just before EastEnders put the music on top with all yeah. the sad music, all you could hear blasting was really loud music. Do you think they should have turned that off? Yeah. Like, come on, have some respect. <laughs> I was like, turn it down. Emma's like starting to send angry letters to all the stall owners. <laughs> I'm like an old woman. Will you turn that down? Messaging into uh, Ofcom. <laughs> I thought it was deeply, deeply disrespectful. Deeply a young disres- boy had died. died. <laughs> Where's your respect? I love it. So they didn't turn this music off. We had random guests and we didn't even see the funeral. No! Oh my God! Again? It's like, it's like one of my Nemo's pet peeves. Anyone who's listened to us knows this is one of our pet peeves. How it was one thing when they didn't show people like, you know, other lesser characters who died, like Hunter, we never really saw his funeral. Like yeah. that, that's one thing. It would have been nice to I mean, we were angry about it, but we were like, okay, fair enough. Mel yeah. tipped us over the edge. Mel did. Mel tipped us over the edge. We did not How see Mel's funeral. How dare they? But Denny is a whole other story. You could have they missed out on so much stuff. They could have they literally missed... recreated stuff. Yes. The Ian Beale, murderer. Pe- yes. <laughs> Phil Mitchell, murderer. Yeah, you could have had Phil Mitchell turn up at the like the funeral as Denny's coffin's being lowered down, and Sharon is going, "Phil Mitchell, murderer. murderer. <laughs> Tell him you're sorry," and then slaps him into the into the like um, 
the casket. Well, could that it would have been everything. Recreated the whole of Den Watts' funeral. It would have been everything. And instead, we didn't get it. We didn't get anything. We didn't get to say goodbye to Denny, which is absolutely outrageous. There's never going to be someone who is like the child of Dennis Rickman and Sharon Watts ever again. And they've just extinguished him. I did Not- like all the references back to Dennis, though. That was really good. Yes. Yes. I was like, oh, <laughs> I forget how, how much we miss. He's a fallen hunk, isn't he? We should take he a is. moment to remember him. Take a moment to remember our fallen hunk. <sighs> Why? Poor Dennis Rickman. R.I.P. Never forgotten. Yep. And now, Denny's joined him. He's having a biscuit in the sky and we didn't even get to say goodbye to him. They did have this little memorial kind of thing in the square that Ian suggested, which when he suggested that the other week, I was like, oh, no, we're definitely not getting the funeral. Or we're just going to get this memorial. Yeah, we'll get a tree planted or something. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. <laughs> it was nice to see school friends that we'd never saw before, which was odd because he never mentioned yeah. any of them. But yeah. it was nice of them to turn up. Nice of them to turn up. It's a bit like the Ahmed's uh, foster kids, isn't it? <laughs> Never seen them, rarely hear about them, just every now and again, and then suddenly they all turn up. Just to wave them off on their holiday. All ten of them. (laughs) So Ian had to read out Sharon's little speech because she couldn't do it. And I feel like over these few episodes, I learnt more about Denny than I did when he was actually on the screen. (laughs) Yes. I feel like that's becoming a reoccurring thing with, like, the deaths of people. Like, I feel like we get more information about who they are after they're dead. Because, uh-huh. like, Hunter and Louise, he loved his blue bunny. Oh, yeah. He loved his bunny. I was just like, when? <laughs> When's he ever mentioned that? When have you ever no. mentioned that? Remember <laughs> when Louise and Hunter used to play together? And I was just like, no. No, no, we don't. No. They had a short period of time where they used to hang out and then suddenly it just vanished. I tell you what they didn't mention in the speeches, that he had great times with Lexi. Yes, no no great times with Lexi. Shocking, really, am I, isn't it? Shocking. Considering she needed all that time off. Really, she was the most distressed over Denny's death. She was? Mm-hmm. And I mean, Denny was like an uncle to her. Denny was like her best friend. Denny was her dad. <laughs> <laughs> Plot twist. I feel like I learned so much about Denny when... They weirdly said a thing about a catapult, which I thought was very, very odd. Like you would be watching us all now, probably aiming a catapult at us. Yeah, was like, that was strange. When, when did, did he do that? When did Denny ever have catapults? I don't remember that. Because then later on, when Sharon and Phil are talking, which we get onto, they mention how he did have a catapult and that he aimed it at Dot's window and broke it. Now, hey. I feel like... Was that a scene that I've missed or was that just a nice thing to add in? I don't know. I can't remember. If anyone can remember, please tell me. I feel like that's I something I should have seen. That seems like way too specific, doesn't it? Yeah. I also learned he gave the best hugs, apparently. He liked oh. pepperoni. That's all he ate. However, he didn't only eat that because she goes on to say he likes... Well, yes, he loves a biscuit in the kitchen. But he also likes cheese and pickle sandwiches. And he's a very good cheese sandwich maker. Yes. And yes. he couldn't make a good cup of tea. I hate people who can't make a good cup of tea. And that's well, the roundup on Denny. 
<laughs> yeah, it did feel a bit like um, that they were given like a roundup on him. It was so strange. It's like, oh, we've never covered this over the years. Let's throw in. Let's yes, he likes that. Yeah, it was, he was good at that. Yes. Cheese and pickle sandwich. Yes, yes. I mean, if he was that good at sandwiches, wouldn't you think a good storyline would maybe have him working with Keegan? Like, wouldn't you think? Like, that would have been a really good storyline. Isn't it weird like, nah. that he was the great sandwich maker, but they gave that storyline away? To Keegan. <laughs> Who also never displayed any any love of sandwiches prior to that story by yep. the way. like never never had any sort of culinary inclinations yeah yeah and then we move on from that to the wake don't we yeah mick was putting up a big massive photo of denny on the um like fireplace in the vic mm-hmm. and all i could think is that photo was gonna fall off and it was really starting to distract us <laughs> i was like mick you've not put that on very well it's going to be a drama. Let's be real. It's still not as good as, you know, Emma's all of former pub owners. That's in our fan fiction. Like, that is everything. That's so what proud. I was expecting. So proud of that. <laughs> you know what else the week was missing? It wasn't just former pub owners. Pepperoni pizza. Oh, it was. That didn't oh. go down well. How dare they not have pepperoni pizza? As Sharon said, it was Denny's favourite food. You know what I loved about it? One minute, Linda and Sharon were having this massive heart-to-heart and being really supportive of each other. And then the next minute, it was like, oh, did you forget about it because you had a date with your mate Chardonnay? And it's like, oh, that took a turn. Yeah, I did love how quickly, like, it was almost like, you know, when you say those scenes on safaris and stuff, where, like, everything's peaceful and then all of a sudden a lion just jumps on something. (laughs) That was basically what Sharon was giving us. She was giving us lion energy. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like queen of the pack. (laughs) Yes, yes. You know what I loved about the funeral wake? And I'm absolutely obsessed with Suki. Oh, yes. Didn't know a soul. But did she turn up? Did she make this her business? Yes, she did. Of Absolutely. course she did. Sending her condolences. Doesn't know anyone. Wasn't invited, but she's there. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Just sat going, just went off of that condolences. We just got like, get right, like, started digging <laughs> their lives together. Like, I just love it. Like, I don't really want to talk about it. She's like, of course. <laughs> So she's just walking around talking to people. They're like, you probably weren't invited. They don't know you. I love it. I love her. I love her. I love her. <laughs> then all of a sudden, Phil just barges in. No Mitch is allowed, but Phil barges in. But then again, no Mitch is allowed, but Ben's in the corner with Callum. Like, clearly Sharon's uh, wavered on, on her, like, ban of who can come and who can't. But uh, Phil's still on the band list. He's still on the blacklist. She, he can't come in and she tells him as it is, doesn't she? Where's he been? He's just been on the Thames all that time. Just, just on that. his speedboat going round and round and round. <laughs> I want a spin-off. Where's Phil been? And we can see all the locations on the Thames he's been. <laughs> that would be everything. That would be everything. I love when she was threatening him and she was like, I'll rip your heart out. <laughs> I could imagine her doing that as well. Like, just full on going, Rah! Just ripping his heart out. But the way he was just stood there, like, all right, he's just so calm, like, but don't care, but okay, cool. 
yeah, I think Phil's kind of in that headspace where he's just like, I don't really care because, uh, you know, I'm here for my child, my son. Yes, I might have killed him, but really there's nothing that you can say that's going to hurt me as much. So I feel like that's kind of where he came from when he walked in. I mean, Sharon's just absolutely livid. She's just see them with rage, isn't she? She throws she... plates at him and everything. I know, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, it continues to kick off. Sharon's throwing plates. She's screaming all sorts of curses and hates at uh, Phil. Phil kind of just standing there taking it. And then, like, obviously, when things die down, he goes to try and talk to her, doesn't he? He knocks on the door and she just shouts, Right in hell! Yeah. So she's clearly not that calm. <laughs> she hasn't calmed down yet, Phil. Maybe, maybe come back tomorrow. He makes his way in and Ian is like, oh... If you're not out in five minutes, I'm going to call the police. Well, Ian, with everything you've been doing, um, it's probably best not to get the police involved on your part either. So you're not going to, are you? Yeah, I think it will probably be a big mistake, Ian. Yeah, it's not, not really clever. And then obviously Sharon and Phil argue about everything because she's like, you've got the full house now because obviously you had a part in Dennis's death as well. Mm. And she then starts remembering Dennis and saying how He's the one she sees when she closes her eyes and she mentioned how beautiful he was and he was beautiful. I mean, Dennis Rickman was just, he just was beautiful, wasn't he? Just, just gone too soon. I'll never forgive that moon brother for, for killing him. No. Never. Never. Didn't that moon brother die? Yeah, yeah, he did. He got killed off his own brother. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, was it with your own brother? That him? Yeah, yeah. Danny Awkward. and um, Thingy Moon, wasn't it? I can't yeah. remember the other one. Yeah. That was weird. It was a weird story then to bring him <laughs> in. Neither of them gave me very gangstery vibes and somehow, you know, one of them became a gangster's like Hitman. Oh, no the sense. original Dark Martin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the original. <laughs> Oh, and Sharon says how, like, he's not Denny's dad, how Dennis will always be his dad, and this piece of paper won't change everything. But Phil's like, it wasn't just a piece of paper to him. That was his son. Mm-hmm. The police come looking for Phil. Because we're trying to still pin Keanu's not death on him. It was very weird. It was a very strange storyline that. Yeah, because he's, he's still running free, is our yes. Keanu. <laughs> Keanu. Still alive, so I don't understand what their case is against him. Now, like, conspiracy to murder? Well, that's going to be difficult to prove if you couldn't even prove that he murdered him the first time. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. It's odd. <laughs> Sharon realises that he's clearly at the Archers and goes to see him and asks a few strange questions about what did him and Denny do in there? Did they play video games? Because there's nothing there to suggest... They had video games. Yeah, that is odd. Does she think he's got like a secret bunker underneath like the archers? It's like a man cave for him and Denny. But Phil did say they did play video games. So I was like, you know that bit where when Stacey hit him over the head and they fell down into the the bit? I don't know what it is. Yeah, I know what you're on about. That weird like, um, (laughs) what is it? It's a bit where you get under a car, isn't it? (laughs) Well, you can tell we're not mechanics. Yeah, we're not mechanics. I'm gay and uh, Emma did music journalism at uni, so neither of us uh, 
you know, <laughs> neither of us are catered towards mechanics. I literally know nothing about cars. If someone goes, oh, Emma, um, describe the car. I'll just go, oh, blue. <laughs> I know the make. I don't care. Yeah, I'm so bad with them. I'm like, I'm car blind. That's what I am. That's the best way to describe my version of it. <laughs> the hole anyway that he fell yes. in. That's how I'll describe it. Maybe under there is computers and stuff and they play video games. Like a secret place. He's got like Playstations and Xboxes. I could totally imagine that. <laughs> I could totally imagine that. That's where Phil's been the whole time. <gasps> it's just actually been under there. That's it's where took it a leaf was. out of Leo's book. <laughs> <gasps> I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the Archer scene because then they kind of, they softened up to each other. Like Sharon softened up to Phil a bit and she was like, you know, this is why he would come whenever he would Whenever he was in trouble, he would come to hide here with you. And I always knew that he was safe. And I was just like, oh, Sharon. So sad. <laughs> so sad. So then they go back to the house and they carry on talking about Denny. So that's why we hear about his love for cheese and pickle. And she slags off Phil's tea making skills and says, well, Denny couldn't make a good cup of tea either. And I was like, ooh, I love that. It's like that Phil's teammate skills there, aren't you? <laughs> Phil goes on to say how he didn't think the boat would crash. <laughs> I'm like, do you not remember what you've done, though? Those kind of things would make a boat crash. Yeah, I did like that because even when it had happened, he didn't try and stop it crashing. Like, he didn't go to go downstairs to stop everyone, to help everyone get out or, like, to warn them. He just let it crash. So, like, <laughs> I don't understand how he didn't know it would crash. I can understand why he thought probably Denny wasn't on it because actually he wasn't meant to be on it. Yes. But still, he was putting people in danger. So it's like, Phil. Come on, Phil. Come on. What do you think is going to happen if you're fighting some bloke exactly. in the middle it's of like, crash. A, a control room? That's definitely going to happen. You were putting people in danger, whatever you were doing. So yeah. you've got you to gotta sit with that. <laughs> I mean, really, the real person to blame here is the captain because why was that captain not at that, like, cockpitty deck thing or whatever yes. it's called he allowed everyone on because he was meeting and greeting them exactly should have done exactly. some checks there shouldn't he yeah should have checked their bags and checked their id that's what you should have done we blame him now we've changed, we our, changed our minds <laughs> we've changed our minds in five seconds it's it's the captain's fault that's who it is don't worry ian don't worry phil don't worry ben don't worry keanu we yeah. know who it is we've exonerated all of you it's the captain it's the captain <laughs> So then Sharon goes on to blame herself because if she didn't have the affair in the first place, none of this would have spiralled to where it is today. Mm. And Phil forgives her and she can't blame herself. And things happen. Like she didn't know when she'd done that, that was going to lead to that. Mm -hmm. It is so sad because then he like, he even says to her, doesn't he? He goes, how did we get here, Sharon? And it's like, oh, it is just so heartbreaking because it is just like, People made choices and mistakes that then just spiralled into this crazy escapade, which then just continually rolled on and just destroyed everyone's lives. Like, everyone's lives were ruined by it. I liked seeing this side to Phil. I loved all their scenes. Yes. They were so good. So Sharon falls asleep, and that's when Phil decides he should probably do something. But he bumps into Ian. They have a chat. Phil thinks Ian's a hero. Ian is like, I'm no hero. Yeah. We know. Because yeah. Phil like, thinks it's like the guy who saved his son, doesn't he? 
And in reality, it's the guy who kind of killed him. Locked him in a room. Oh. I can't wait what to about- see what ha- when them two come to blows because they have some classic mm. moments. Maybe a toilet might be involved again. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> I totally, I could totally see him going ballistic. He might even try and kill Ian. I would like to see him try and like figure it all out, figure out that uh, Ian's the one behind it. Or like even better, I would love to see Phil trying to kill him because I could imagine Phil trying to kill him. Well, he's tried Phil many times to tried hurt to him. People less. And he hates Ian anyway. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I think that's definitely where it's going to head. We've seen Phil lose his mind over less things. I could totally say this. He's just be, he's been robbed of his son and then felt guilty for it as well. When really it could have been avoided. So then he says how the old Bill wanted to chat to him about Keanu and he pronounces it correctly. In shock. I have no words. I was like, Gonna get him back and he's gonna say Keanu one last time. He's like Keanu. He's he a whole new man. He's, he's changed. He's, he's completely, it's not even Phil. I don't think that is Phil now. I don't. I think it's Keanu in a mask. <gasps> yeah. Imagine. I'll be like that episode of Friends where Phoebe has the dream and she's like, and we were sat on the frozen lake, you took off your mask and you were Cameron Diaz. Except it'll be, <laughs> we were stood in the square, you took off your mask and you were really Keanu Taylor. <laughs> I love that. So Phil goes to the police station after Ian's like, "We'll do what you always do: go on the run." Oh, maybe you should now, Ian. Awkward. Mm. <laughs> Very awkward. Phil goes and does the right thing, goes and hands himself in, and then Richie finds out and wants to try and help him. So she talks to Ben and she tries everything to make him change his mind and get him out. And Phil's like, "No." Gonna, oh yeah, gonna do time. He, he's just ready to do time for Danny now. Yeah, and he's just not having any of it. He's like, no, no, I didn't hire you. You can leave. Like all of this stuff. I mean, I did love the whole police investigation because what is their like? What is their goal here? Like, what can they even charge him with? They were like conspiracy to murder. Well, you couldn't you couldn't convince anyone that he'd murdered Keanu in the first place. He didn't have enough evidence then. Um, secondly, you. Now going after him for trying to murder Keanu, who's alive, and you have zero evidence of that, other than Phil's like random confession and the statement, which obviously we know Sharon takes back. She's like, "Yeah, I don't want to do that anymore," and that's when Phil gets out, and he's he's yeah. not happy that he's out, which is <laughs> odd. <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely not Phil. Yeah, it was just so weird. Their weekends with a kiss. It looks like Sharon <gasps> and Phil are back oh, on. Oh. Linda's back, drinking from the bottle. Well, Linda is starting the week, giving up alcohol, finding it easy, she's saying. Mm-hmm. As we know later in the week, she's back on it. She's basically saying she's on the wagon. She's, you know, fine. She's really doing well. She doesn't want everyone still worrying about her. But, you know, Shirley's a little bit sceptical. And while Shirley says it, you know, a little bit blunt and abrasively, Linda isn't out of the woods yet. Shirley is right. It's an ongoing struggle. It's not something that's just fine. 
So then, Linda's obviously still got a long way to go. But one positive step in it was her meeting with the social worker. She talks about how she's attending her support groups, which we never see her go to. And as I said, I really want to see her and Stuart at these groups. I know, I know. I was teased with it. I was teased. It's terrible, terrible. She mentions how she does think of alcohol because obviously she lives in a pub and I felt at that moment on Mick's face, it was like, might be time, might be time to yeah. go. It is like what we were saying, wasn't it, before before all of this alcoholism storyline really kicked off. We said on this podcast, there's no way on earth Linda's going to be able to stay in a pub if she's an alcoholic or if she's a recovering alcoholic. Regardless of what happens, she's not going to be running this pub. And that's kind of what we're seeing in Mick's eyes now, isn't it? Like, Mick's like, mm, yeah, probably going to have to move on from here. So they're hosting the funeral, and obviously drinks are going to be flowing there. And there's, there's a vodka bottle upstairs. Mick sees it and he automatically thinks Linda's back drinking from the bottle. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I was like, don't sing too late. Off it goes. And then Shirley says, booze did exist before Linda, you know. It turns out that was hers. And she's worried about Phil. I think she feels like she hasn't looked after Denny because that's what she was meant to do. Yeah. He's just like... She does say, doesn't she? She's like, I've let Phil down. Yeah. He thinks, thank God, Linda hasn't had a drink. And goes downstairs to see her. She maybe does want a drink. Mm. She believes she's one of these people who can have just one drink. Just one drink. Linda, love, just one drink. You've been drinking gallons and gallons since, like, October last year. Like, it's not just one drink. We saw how you Irished up your coffee. The whole bottle went in. And she said she believes she can run the bar again. Fine, she's not missing her friend Chardonnay, as Sharon was saying earlier. That's nice. How she wasn't bothered by anyone drinking. Yeah, she just have the one. Just have the one. Mixed like, oh, okay. No. That's the nail in the coffin, I think, for Mick. Yeah. Because I think it's one thing Linda's saying, she's recovering, she's no longer thinking of alcohol. But to say she's thinking of alcohol and then to literally say to him, well, you know, I think I could do one drink. Mick's already thinking, maybe we just don't take the chance. There's too much temptation around her. Let's just remove her from the situation. And obviously with all this that's gone on with Sharon and then obviously saying how she could have one drink. Linda does. She has a she has a sip of that vodka that had been left out that Shirley oh. said was hers. But now Linda's having a little go. And I noticed. And they had obviously been expecting her maybe to do this. So they put lines on the vodka, which was so awful. Because I was like, oh God, this is so awkward. Because like, like she, she'll she feel you don't trust her, which yeah. obviously she is doing it. But like, yeah. that's really not going to help her at this point. Because she's going to be like, I knew they wouldn't believe us. And this might make it worse rather than better. Absolutely. I, I felt like that. I thought... It's kind of coming across as like maybe a little bit mean spirited to do that to her because obviously if you can't trust her enough not to drink, she said it, you know, like everyone's expecting her to not to go back to drinking and stuff, but she's not just on the wagon. So you've just confirmed her worst fears by doing that because you're like, you're, you're, you're basically saying we're expecting you to go back to drinking. 
And that's not exactly going to be very reaffirming or, you know, in any way going to be positive for her in the long run. She's going to think, well, if everyone thinks I'm going to start drinking, I might as well. Yeah. That, that runs the risk of where it goes. And then, like you say, it could also come across as, well, they're all just snooping in on us and then she might just feel really, really um, protective of herself and, and you know, cut herself up. I do understand why Shirley did it, obviously. Like, it's with the best intentions. But... I think it's probably going to be more damaging than it is helpful. So Linda claims she was just washing the bottle down. <laughs> she wasn't drinking from it. Yes, down the throat. Down yeah, the throat yeah. she was washing it down. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's a yeah. different kind of washing there. <laughs> so Shelley's not happy. Shelley's not happy at all. Mick finds out. He's like, I've got enough going on downstairs. I don't need you two shouting. And then he finds out why. And he reminds her, that she chose him over alcohol. And she said, like, I choose you. And when he said it back, he was like, you said, I choose you. I was like, oh, Pokemon. <laughs> Linda, I choose you. Gotta catch them all. Oh, Pokemon. Remember <laughs> <laughs> when I sang that to you on uh, your graduation party? He you did. You've done a very wonderful job. Yeah. Serenaded Emma. <laughs> And Linda goes and says she deserves a drink because she's been doing very well not drinking. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works when you've got alcoholism. <laughs> you get rewarded with more alcohol when you, you don't drink. No. No. No, you're, no, that's not the right way around. Linda still kind of thinks that's just going to go back to normal for her, I think. Mm. And that ultimately is just, that's not true. Linda's no longer Lin- Linda of the past. Linda's someone new now. She's got to go down this path. She's got to continue down, trying not to drink. She's never going to be able to have a drink again. That's the truth. I think she doesn't think that is, at the moment, that is how it's going to go. She thinks Mm. by the end of it, maybe she can have one drink. Yeah, yeah. She's still holding out hope that she can um, go back to her old life. But her old life is gone now. Like, it's non-existent. And she says this because she goes down to talk to Mick, who's now, like, marched downstairs. And says like she has dark thoughts and there's been so many bad things. And I was like, oh, is she going to mention Keanu? Is she finally going to tell him? Because like, he doesn't know at all. And well, no one does because Martin doesn't talk about yeah. it either. It is so strange. That storyline is just forgotten now, isn't it? It's one of those <laughs> random forgotten storylines. The kidnapping event, like all of that's just completely gone now. But isn't it weird? It was like the focus of Christmas and New Year. And it's like, just, <laughs> nah, all right, cool. Disappeared. That's forgotten. Because this is because the police arrive, weirdly, looking for Phil about Keanu. So I was like, oh, maybe she was going to say it. And then she never does mention it at all. Mick goes on to say, like, we used to tell each other everything. We never had secrets. That is like the Carter mantra, isn't it? Yeah. However, they always have secrets. From day one, I don't think they've ever told each other the truth. Day one was Johnny being gay and... Mick finding out and then like not telling Linda like that was literally the story <laughs> that was their intro story I love that I, I love use it. the line all the time and I'm like you never tell each other until like the last gasp Linda tells Mick well this part I was like oh maybe she's gonna mention Keanu maybe we're actually gonna talk about it no 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 however she does say a lot which I think it all makes sense to me mm. Because she says, like, over the years, she's never, ever been away from alcohol. 
like loads of different things have happened like she said from my kids moving away to the dean rape uh, she grew up in a pub and her dad used to love a drink always gave her sips of alcohol so she can't actually remember a day without booze mm, it does make sense it does. And like, yeah. that's the stuff that we love from characters, like that character development there. Yeah. Like that, that stuff that yes, we weren't privy to, but it makes sense. And it, it actually gives the character more like dimensions. Like to me, it definitely makes sense now that we know that Linda's dad had, you know, clearly issues with drink, also ran a pub and used to give her drink as a child. Like obviously those, all those things don't necessarily mean you're going to become an alcoholic. Yeah. But then add all the horrible things that's happened to Linda and all the stresses that she's been under. I mean, you know, she's had tons of health scares and, and tons of, like, issues around her family. Like, everything has, uh, that could go wrong has probably gone wrong for Linda over the years. So it does make sense that with those foundations of her childhood, that's where she's ended up now. Yeah, because she was saying how, like, she would always pick up a drink when those kind of scenarios happened. That, that makes a lot of sense how it's all maybe just hit her suddenly. Like, uh-huh. it's that one thing that's just tipped her and it's like, I need a drink. And yeah. it's just never left. It's progressively just got worse. Like, yeah. it, it's it's like all mental health struggles and things like that. Like, it's just gradually gotten worse over years when she's not really done, done anything or looked inwards to try and deal with it. Um, and so now we're faced with this situation where Linda is an alcoholic and she's probably going to be for the rest of her life. And Mick has to say, I think it's time. Mm-hmm. They're going to sell. They're going to sell the Vic. <sighs> What's ever going to happen to them? I know. Where, where are they going to live? Who's going to get it? Who's going to have the Vic? So many questions. Will we I've... ever know? Will it happen before the episodes run out? Will we still be I... in lockdown? Will they have filmed more? I don't know. Oh, my God. I know. Just, just all the stresses of coronavirus. I mean, I tell you who I don't want to have in the Vic, and I'm just going to be completely honest. Mitch. Oh, God, no. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of Mitch getting the Vic. Because there was that hint a few weeks ago. Yes. Wasn't there? Where he was like... uh, He's been making his own gin after all, hasn't he? mm Mm-hmm. He's obviously involved. He's he's invested in drink and the selling of drinks. So, like, that was the major hint. And then he was, like, going on about how he's you know, trying to settle down a bit more and stuff with Bailey and Karen. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, Could this don't keep you Karen? The Vic. Obviously, the guy comes to check out the Vic. I did love when they said, no one can, like, renovate it. That's part of the deal. I yes. love that bit. I was like, good. But then Sharon and Linda had a conversation, and this is the way I'm wanting it to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, ideally, I would probably love the Slaters to be in there. How cool oh would that God, be? Oh, my God, wouldn't that be hilarious? That would be everything. Imagine more pulling pounds. I just love it. <laughs> I would love Stacey to come back after her time off <gasps> and she just walks out like um when Sharon saw Peggy, they didn't think you'd see me again. <laughs> <laughs> I love that episode because then Peggy tries to get Phil to get rid of Sharon. <laughs> I'm like, what do you want him to do? <laughs> but the area could go and I am loving because the Mitchells to us are iconic with Vic. Oh god, yeah. Sharon. They, are, they are who I think of when I think of the Vic. And me, yeah. And Sharon yeah. said all of her best memories growing up were at the Vic. And Linda had this little look in her eyes. Could this give Sharon some happy memories again? And I mean, let's be real. Phil and Sharon are clearly on the 
the return, like they're clearly going to be back together. That's the perfect time for the two of them to move back into the Vic because it's the place where both of them were the most stable, the most happy. You know, where Phil lived with Peggy before his, obviously, addiction issues. Like, it was pretty much his life, the Vic. The same with Sharon. The Vic was her childhood. It was her, like, adulthood. It was such a big part of her life. So it, is, it would just be the perfect time now for them to, to, to move in there. How could Phil be a landlord? True. He's still tempted by drink. True. He did say that to her, didn't he, when um, they they had their little get-together in the kitchen. God, did mention. It's going to be Mitch, isn't it? It's going to, I just have this. <laughs> please yeah. don't. Please. Please, no. I'm nothing against Mitch as a character. I like his character. I like him and Karen. I like him and Bailey. Love it all. But don't put them in the Vic. It's just not the right match. It's not the right, it's just no. Not. If Sharon gets it again... Wouldn't that be a nice nod? Because obviously they've took Denny away from us. Wouldn't it be a yes. nice nod back to Den? Yes. I just can't. I just want. I just want them to get the Vic. I just can't. I can't even imagine it being Mitch. It's traumatic. <laughs> it's traumatic. <laughs> we'll need therapy after. <laughs> I don't know if I would cope with Mitch in the Vic. No. No. So Mick tells Billy that they're going to sell up, and he doesn't want anyone to know. Don't tell Billy then, because Billy goes and tells everyone, pretty much. He tells Kathy, who tells one or two people, maybe three or four. And they yeah. all barge in as if they should have all been in on this information. It was so weird. I was like, you stall owners who are like never there. I don't know who half of you are. Like, <laughs> they don't need to tell you. <laughs> Tina and Shirley, fair enough. They should yes. have really been told about yeah, it. probably since they lived there. But... <laughs> How quickly did they get over the news? They were just like, yeah, that's great. Okay, cool. Yeah, fab. Yeah, no, I do love that Shirley and Tina are like totally cool with it. Like complete polar opposite to all these randoms. I felt like it was almost like a return to the uh, the Ahmed's like foster kid scene, you know, where everyone, all these strangers gathered to say <laughs> goodbye. Like it was almost like that. I just, I'm not ready to say goodbye to Mick and Linda and that fic. The thing with their faces, though, when it was so accepted by Shirley and Tina, it looked like they were about to change their minds. Let's hope so. So we left Balam with them almost being in ruins. But thankfully, Callum seems to have forgiven him. And thank God, because probably one of the hardest weeks was just around the corner for Ben. Because it was Denny's funeral. So Jay has to be the one to tell Ben that Sharon doesn't want any Mitchells at all there. Apart from him, technically. So Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Apart from Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Honorary Mitchell. <laughs> so Ben is pretty upset that he can't go. But him and Callum do go and sit in the funeral parlour and do a toast when mm-hmm. Denny's funeral's going on. He's like... She can't stop me going to the wake, though. She can't stop me going to the Vic, public place. I was thinking, mm, I think she can. I think technically, legally, we want to get it with Ben. I think she can. Funnily enough, though, she doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. What do you think if you were organising, like, the wake and the funeral and saying, no, Mitchell's allowed at one, you would just make sure they weren't allowed at the other? But this is EastEnders land, so who are we to, to criticise? We just go with the flow here at A20. So when that the wake... There's a lot of people talking to Ben and I'm confused as to how if Danny knew the other week or so yeah. that Ben was deaf 
like when he had a boat crash and something must have happened. Yeah. How did no one else know? I'm pretty sure Rainy was talking to him at one point. And I was like, Rainy, you live with the guy. Surely you know. She must know. I just wonder if her and Stuart are both the same kind of like mindset, you know, where instead of actually realising that Ben's deaf, they just talk very loudly and just do weird sign languages. Like they're all made up sign language. <laughs> I think that's, I think Rainy and Stuart are perfectly matched in that regard. Oh, they really are. Yeah, I feel like they would both do that. Like, that's probably where that's coming from. Mind you, she wasn't alone. Suki was talking to Ben for ages. I'm so sorry for your loss. Bear in mind, she was saying it to the side of his face, where he couldn't obviously see. <laughs> like, I just loved it. I'm still obsessed with her even turning oh, up. Like, not having obsessed. a clue what was going on, who it was for, but she's there. <laughs> Suki Panazar is like my new queen. Like, honest <laughs> to God. Honest to God. Lover. So that then results in a bit of an argument, slightly tiny one, with Ben and Callum. Because Ben's getting frustrated. He's sick of like getting help and not being able to hear anyone. And that's when he storms out and Callum goes to follow him. And as Callum's following him, he says to Jack, like, don't start. Because Jack's there again to have his words of wisdom. I mean, come on. Jack Brannan. You married Ronnie. <laughs> Exactly. And all the shady, corrupt stuff that he has done for people as well on the square. He's still doing it, to be fair. Exactly. He's so crooked. He's a crooked cop. I mean, I love him, but like, he is crooked. Like, I don't understand how he's given, like, Callum this, you know, don't ruin your your police career for anyone. Don't ruin your police career. Uh, Jack, you were with both Ronnie and Roxy, both whom weren't exactly the best influencers. Uh, you're with Sam Mitchell, who's an actual convict. Come on. So we skip ahead and everything seems well again, really, because mm. Ben's there wrapping all of Callum's birthday presents. And then Callum walks out the room and Ben's like, you can't see them there, your presents. So this is my favourite bit. I love this. When Callum just closed his eyes and started walking and he couldn't see where he was going he was trying to sit down on the chair (laughs) rather than just turn back around and wait he was like right yeah just close my eyes and go and sit over there (laughs) i love that that is like the sweetest thing it's classic callum (laughs) perfect it is i love that like comedic side of callum i'm glad to see that back a bit because i feel like that's when he started he always had that comedic side and it's nice now that he's a really established character and we know him a lot more that he's still got that as well because that was something that was really endearing about him anyway. So Yeah, exactly. I like that they've merged them together now. Yes, we now have Caleb 2.0. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I just, I, the, the bit for me in that whole scene that just made it, you know me, I'm an old romantic gay. I love a little bit of romance. I love a little bit of cheesy love. love a bit of that. And it's got to be where... Ben said, I love you. And then Callum signed, I love you back to him. Oh, that was oh so nice. When Callum signed it, I was like, oh, bless him. Oh, they've Beautiful. grown up so fast, Emma. Beautiful. So fast. I'm so proud of them. But those presents, Emma, they didn't stay wrapped up for long, did they? I still want to know, because obviously Callum gave Ben his late birthday present because it didn't arrive on time. We know that was a watch. Yes. What did Ben get Callum? Because he passed it over and we never got to see it. You know me, I like to, I like new things. I like new things. I know, we're like a new place, we're like a new thing. 
We do. And I'm also I'm also really nabby. So I like to know what people are getting. <laughs> Should we make a list now of what we think he's got him? Yes, right. What do we think? Um how about Do you think it's a wallet? Uh, like to like oh, nod back to Christmas? <laughs> a little nod back. Maybe it's handcuffs and all that little nod back to around oh. that time. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe, maybe it's like a, a life-size blow-up doll of Ben for when Callum gets lonely. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, isn't that like a, a throwback to when Ben had that cardboard cutout for a birthday oh, yeah. that time? And that was the time he got with Johnny Carter, which was... Lifetimes ago now. God, how long ago was that? <laughs> Please don't, Emma, because if we start dissecting the times, True. I'll start feeling ancient. True. We'll... We'll certainly look at ourselves. We'll be with our old husks. Like that's what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I feel old these days, Emma. My bones feel old. I have to get my taffy voice on. Four years old. So they open their presents, even though we didn't get to see Callum's. What do you think, Callum got? What do you think, Callum? got for his present oh yes tweet us at e20 podcast or tell us on instagram e20 underscore podcast or if you fancy an email you like the good old days e20 podcast at outlook.com we can read them out next week Ooh, exciting so after the present opening it's kind of just jumped straight into another story for Ben because it's like, oh, God, Dad's in jail. Better get down there. <laughs> <laughs> it was very cartoonish this the last few weeks. Like, I just expected like little dust clouds just oh, to appear. Like, yeah, like Roadrunner. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so he, he goes to Sharon and convinces Sharon to help get Phil out of jail. And she does. But then Sharon tells Phil what Ben has not been telling him. Yeah, because Phil had been talking to him earlier in the day, hadn't he, when he had got out. And Ben was just replying with different things. Yes. Or kind of along the lines, but not quite what he was asking. And that's when Phil yeah. was like, something's just not right. Sharon was like, oh, Ben's lost his hearing. Did you not know? So Phil invites Ben round. Uh, they have... A bit of a chat, but Phil goes into a different room and chats from there to see if that is the case. It's a bit where he's like, um, so do you want a cup of tea? Yeah, yeah. Is that two spoons of arsenic in there? And Ben's like, yeah. <laughs> and that's when Phil's <laughs> like, you've lost your hearing, Sharon told me. I just love that. I love that that is how Phil like gets the, to the truth. Instead of just sitting down and asking him straight. Oh, yeah, straight, yeah. Like, Goes the long way around, yeah. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to do this elaborate ruse <laughs> where, I, where I ask him if he wants a cup of arsenic. <laughs> I love it. Classic East Centers, as usual. It's brill. That's so much best. Um, obviously, when he realises that Ben's lost his hearing... Ben doesn't stick around. He kind of just bolts, doesn't he? Well, he believes Phil will see that as a weakness. Mm. So he's like, I'm not I'm not going back. And Callum's like, go around. He's already lost one son. He doesn't need to lose another. And that makes Ben think. And Ben then heads over to see Phil. And this was a lovely scene. Oh, it was, wasn't it? It broke me heart again. Honestly, this week was like all in the fields, wasn't it? 
was all in oh, the fields. Oh, it was. And Phil was great this week. Yeah. He wrote down for Ben, I'm proud of you. Oh. I think those are the words that, like, Ben has waited for his entire life. Like, his entire life he's wanted just that approval. So to get it, it, it just means everything to him. And Phil had said it when Louise left that time and Ben was going with them and he said to him he was proud of him then and let him go to Callum. Mm-hmm. But now he's even seen it in writing at a very dark time for him where he doesn't know what's going to happen. And then he starts give him his approval. Oh, I love it. So it was lovely to see him supporting Ben and being there for him. Let's just hope that they can support him all the way through all of this and let's hope that the operation does go all right. So what do you really hate in this world, Connor? There's only one thing I hate. One thing I really hate, and that's liars. So does the serial blackmailer, Dottie Cotton. <laughs> I did love I did love that like moral high ground just crumbling away as she's saying it. I've never seen someone be such a hypocrite in two sentences. <laughs> like it was it was so funny. She, in the span of like a few words, she totally just destroyed her own argument. <laughs> I hate liars, but I love blackmail. <laughs> Blackmailing's cool, but lying's disgusting. <laughs> Okay, Dottie. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, she's still blackmailing. She's still after the archers. But she's kind of toying with Ian. She's she's kind of toying with him, isn't she? She's like a cat with a mouse. Or a rat named Tupac. (laughs) (laughs) She's kind of like a cat playing with a mouse. She's, you know, at the wake we saw her almost exposing. But I didn't. Pepperoni gate happened. Exactly. Missed a moment. Just, she missed a moment. That would have been a really bad time to do it. Sharon's already very, very upset at her son's funeral. Really don't add that on today, maybe tomorrow, but not today. I understand Ian's done a bad thing, it needs exposed. But maybe not at this current time where she's grieving, right this second, at her son's funeral. And is very distressed. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Dottie doesn't really seem to, to care that much anyway. So, just, you know, there's our moral high ground again, isn't it? <laughs> I, I better not say it here because it would be, be rude. Yeah, I love the next bit where she's like, I won't tell Sharon, but I want your keys. <laughs> keys to where? I know. I was like, sorry, her demands are just getting like more and more outlandish. What next? An elephant? I'll, I'm she's obsessed. Like, I'm obsessed with her demand of... A burger. That was the best. Oh, that was best. That was the best. Literally, I am living for Dotty blackmailing Ian. It was <laughs> the most ridiculous thing in the world. Do you know what? She's like, um, you know, when you get like those hostage situations and the, the, the people go on the phone, they're like, what are your demands? And they're like, quarter of a million, a private jet to, you know, Honolulu or something like that. That's Dotty, except she's like, <laughs> one vegan burger, your keys. Yeah. And I might tell Sharon later, I don't know. <laughs> I love it. I'm living for that. I'm living for that. So she she gets um, a little bit drunk, doesn't she, later on? So it turns out the keys were for Walford East. Because mm-hmm. she goes there with Vinny. And that's where she's like, I hate liars. I hate liars. Can't stand liars. Love blackmailing, but can't stand liars. Because <laughs> Dottie Cotton's never told a lie in her life. <laughs> 
know, did she lock up Walford East if she's so angry with Ian? Do you think she left the doors open? <laughs> I think she probably left it open, advertised it for squatting. I think she probably had a whole gaggle of people come running in. And then she was like, right, I'll see you later, guys. He has a case. Because she obviously that's went off to Ruby's and had drinks there where that's why she stole this guy's wallet. That was so <laughs> random. By the way, Emma, hates liars. But blackmailing and stealing's fine. <laughs> Absolutely fine. I mean, the moral high ground gets better now, doesn't it? Yeah. But I can steal it's your money. It's a landslide now. <laughs> <laughs> Dotty's moral landslide. I love that. So the boys obviously go and chase her because they want the wallet back. And... Bobby just shouts for Peter to go and help her because Bobby can't be bothered. He's not into that today. <laughs> he fancies her, but he just doesn't want to save her. So Peter goes out and stops them. And it turns out, well, she stole their wallet. So technically she does have to give it back. But then he's like, and now you'll go too, won't you? <laughs> and off they go, threatened by Peter in his pyjamas. Yeah, I'm sorry. When did Peter become tough? I've always found it to be more like, Ian Bealish, like a mini Ian Beal, or like a bit of Martin Fowler. Like I never quite saw him as like I'm a big, tough, badass. I'm gonna knock you down to size. I don't know who I am. By the way. <laughs> don't, know, don't know why. <laughs> I oh am my god! Donkey Kong. <laughs> Dog Connor. <laughs> Dog Connor. I'm gonna knock you down to size. <laughs> Like, I'm not here for Doc Pia. Don't make this a thing. Like, that's, I'm just saying it now, EastEnders. I'm just saying it now, okay? I'm not, don't want it. Not now, not 20 years in the future, not ever. No Doc Pia. I love how Dottie doesn't live that far away, but she had to stay over at theirs that night on the sofa. Emma, she's very distressed. She's very distressed after committing a crime. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's a hard life. It's a hard life blackmailing and stealing and getting drunk. I mean, God, to do all that when drunk, tell you what, that's hard. You know what? At least she's not lying. Exactly. At least she's not lying. <laughs> exactly. One thing I hate is liars. <laughs> the worst thing in the world I could do. <laughs> People are so over-exaggerated when it comes to these things as well. <laughs> So Ian sees that she's staying over, not impressed, because, you know, Ian and Dottie obviously don't get on at the moment. Have they ever? And (laughs) (laughs) he goes and steals the keys to the archers. And off he goes to get that phone. I mean, she wasn't exactly clever. Why did she stick it there? She could have, it probably would have been safer in Dot's. Ian doesn't have keys to dots and probably won't be able. Also, Sonia and that live there. So, like, if he just randomly let himself in, they might have something to say about that. Like, you know, Ian, why have you just used dots for Dottie's, like, keys to get in here? I love when she rushed to go and see because obviously he put them back in the bag. And she yeah. was like, oh, my God, no, they've been t- it's been taken, it's been taken. And he's there destroying it, putting it in the normal bin where you yeah. can put other things where someone's definitely going to find it. Yeah, so Sharon finds it. Ooh. Ooh. I hope she keeps that and like tries to work out how to, like, to fix it. Fix it. She might. She might take it to one of them like shops. You know, that, yeah. Like, that's what I'm thinking. Shops. And she could be like, "Oh, I, I saw this in the bin. What is it?" Because I think she's starting to get a bit suspicious. Because Ian's always looking 
50. Oh, we both said that at the same time. <laughs> so Dottie obviously decides to say, oh, well, do you know, the archers have CCTV. Mm-hmm. It's like 4D. 4D. What's on about? <laughs> no, I do love it because, come on. All the shady business that goes on in there. Don't think so. Yeah. They've probably not had cameras in there since 1980-something. Like, yeah. come on. Come on. I don't think they even installed them when it opened. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think that's a legitimate business. Like, I'm <laughs> certain it's not. I don't think... That's a warehouse. That's just a random warehouse at the back yeah. of somewhere. Like, they're just pretending to operate out of it. <laughs> no, I believe that. Yeah. And then... At this point, I thought, Ian can't possibly believe that, surely. Because everyone knows all the stuff that goes on in the arches. Like, there's no way that... But he did. He believed it. So he goes to see Ben. (laughs) And I'm like, are you for real, Ian? Like, do you actually believe this? And Ben can't hear Ian. And I love this. Didn't get a word of that, Ian. They said being deaf is a curse. (laughs) Because Ben couldn't think of anything better than not being able to hear Ian. (laughs) And then... I feel like at this moment, he reminded Ian of how stupid he really was because he said, would we want to keep a record of what is going on in there? Exactly. Exactly, Ian. God, Ian needs to stop this dark Ian routine. He's just he's just not cut out for this. Martin wasn't cut out for it, but he certainly isn't cut out for dark Ian. I don't know how Dottie thought that was a believable lie either because of like all the stuff that goes on in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She must know. Uh, you know, but... She only hates liars. Car theft and, you know, criminal activity with cars. None of that. That doesn't matter. True. That's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. That's not the worst thing you could do. <laughs> not the worst thing you could do. The worst thing you could do. <laughs> Lie. Exactly. So Ian then confronts Dottie, doesn't he? And it's like, well, you thought you were clever. I know that there's no CCTV in there. And then Dottie just proceeds to say, well, I'll just tell Sharon anyway. Doesn't she? A roundabout. Like, she's upset, distraught, but she's kind of like, I'm just going to tell Sharon anyway. I'm a bit like, is that going to work though, Dottie, with no evidence? With no evidence and being a serial liar anyway. <laughs> Even though she hates liars. She hates liars, Emma. Don't, you know, can't call her a liar. With Dottie always up to criminal activity, Sharon's not really just going to believe it as like word of mouth. You need that evidence. Yes, exactly. Who would trust Dottie Cotton? Who would trust the girl who pushed Tiffany Butcher into a bin <laughs> when she's like five? Like, come on. <laughs> no one's, she's like Damien from The Omen. No one's going to trust her. <laughs> you know, my favourite part of this week was wherever Dottie and Ian were, Bobby was in the background just like creeping. <laughs> Doing a Leo. <laughs> he was always there watching them <laughs> i love that that's like the best because obviously bobby has had a bit of a, a crush on her ever since he wanted to get her out of them overalls yeah you know that was the first time that he saw her in those overalls and he just thought yes i want some of that i want some of dotty cotton so he invites her to dinner at first dotty doesn't want to go to dinner she's not okay with that she doesn't want to sit with ian and she hates him at the moment. He's took her evidence. She's got nothing. So she goes and sits with Vinny in the cafe. They chat about it. And Vinny's like, well, he has to live with his lies. <laughs> <laughs> the big bombshell 
that he's part of Denny's death, like kind of being responsible. Vinny's just like, oh, well, he has to live with that. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> like, is that it? Is that it? <laughs> God, my dad's in for triple homicide. <laughs> so she does eventually go for dinner anyway, because I mean, who doesn't love a little bit of an awkward meal dinner? Oh, and, I mean, Kathy's yeah. doing it. Kathy has them all the time. I love it. Kathy's dinners could only be rivaled by the Mitchells' dinners that always end in disaster. True. Like, literally. There has never been a Cathy dinner where, like, drama has not been going on, either behind the scenes or over the table. Yes, they all have their little secrets, don't they, around this table? And Dottie likes to stir the pot a little, so she's just, like, dropping little hints about secrets. Dropping little hints. Getting people all nervous. I don't know why everyone's nervous about it, because we all know who Dottie Cotton is. (laughs) Like, no one's going to believe anything she says. (laughs) And she goes on about honesty. She loves... She loves that Denny was honest. I mean, he was, apart from the fact that he, you know, lied and pretended not to be the people who were cyberbullying Bobby. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he also pretended that he didn't bully those kids, you know, the Taylor kids. Oh, yes. He also did drugs, like part of a drug gang, and but lied about that to his mum because, you know, he also punched his mum in the face. But you know, oh, never... oh, yeah. It was iconic when Sharon punched the drug dealer in the face. That was just <laughs> iconic. When she was like, you'll need that money for a nose job. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, she did say that Denny, Denny was honest, at least to her, at least to her, because of that. She's going to come for Ian still. She's coming for Ian still. She said that she's just going to wait until Sharon's ready. She just can't do it right now. But she's going to remind him what he's done. So she's kind of listened to Vinny weirdly because... She's saying how he has to live with it, how that's going to be bad enough. So she kind of did listen to his, his, his words, even though he kind of just was more involved in his own dramas because he's like, yes. all right, Dottie, but I've got this going on. All right. <laughs> I've got a graffiti up places, Dottie. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it bad. Very <laughs> <laughs> Hates liars, but doesn't mind a little bit of vandalism. Oh, yes. <laughs> A little bit of theft, a little bit of drinking, (laughs) a little bit of drug dealing, (laughs) a little bit of car theft. I forgot, yeah, she drug deals. She helped vandalise a wall with Vinny. That is true. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing where the landslide that is Dottie's moral high ground. Well, I've got a few ideas. I do think she's going to use Bobby to get Mm. closer to Ian and annoy him. But then I do think she might end up as we've always said and always thought i don't know if we've ever said on here we, we always have private chats about it anyway yeah, yeah. <laughs> that we think she's gonna go out with bobby but cheat with peter i think that is exactly where it's going i mean peter's got form at this point doesn't he he's like an adulterer adulterer <laughs> like so you know i think that's where where it's heading first comes hags second comes marriage then comes a baby in a golden carriage Jags and Habiba, or Hags, as we're going to call them. Hashtag Hags. So it all started a week ago when the two sat down and chatted about their sisters. Yeah, it was really nice to see them kind of like actually interact over that because, like, it's weird because since the Ahmeds left, like, we've barely seen Habiba to begin with. Then on top of that, you've, like, the two families seem like they would, like, interact if, like, 
two of their members of their family were dating. Do you know what I mean? Like, you would expect families to come across each other, but we've not really seen her interact with Suki or anyone like that either. So it was nice to see her interact with Jax. I mean, Jax isn't hopeful of his sister's uh, relationship, is he? He's basically like, nah, they're terrible together. It's never going to work. Because this is the point when he was a bit like that with it. I didn't know when she was flirting with him if she was doing it for different reasons. Like, she was either trying to prove how they're wrong or that she actually did like him. I I wasn't sure of the vibe. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I can't tell if this is a game or if this is for real. And then it's kind of, I even think Habiba didn't quite know because then like one minute she's like, you know, I was just joking, like say, like, blah, blah, blah. Like none of, not taking it serious at all. But then she's kind of like sat there thinking about him as well. And I was just a bit like, hmm, what's happening there, Habiba? It must be love, love, love. 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 (laughs) (laughs) I could just say I like um, Meg off of the animated Hercules movie, you know. Won't say I'm in love. (laughs) But yeah, I think love is on the horizon for the two of them. Which begs the question, doesn't it, Emma? What is going to be their family situation if, like... Jags and who you back together. Right. I'm really confused. If they if they get together and their sisters are together, mm-hmm. what relation would they all be? And then if they have kids, what would the kids' relations <laughs> be to each other and them? Will it be like Jack's family where like he's had kids with different sisters, cousins? Oh yeah, sort? the whole Mitchell clan he's had sex with, hasn't he? Yeah, like he's, pretty much. He's, he's, he's basically slept with uh, every female Mitchell. Who wasn't Peggy Mitchell. I was going to say, Peggy missed out on that. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> She'd just been a few years younger. <laughs> yeah, like, I was thinking about it just then. I was thinking, oh, you're right, because it's going to be really complicated, because Jags, he would be both brother-in-law to his own sister and also brother. I'm so confused. It's so weird, isn't it? That is so weird. <laughs> this is this is why it's not exactly the best of ideas to, you know, basically marry like within families like that. <laughs> because then it gets really complicated. I mean, think about right all the, the important things like writing a will. How is that gonna work out? That's gonna be complicated writing out who's going who's, you know, brother slash brother in law <laughs> slash stepbrother. Like, that's gonna be really, really confusing. But it looks like Hashtag hags is, is more than on its way, isn't it? Oh, she was definitely turned on by the rats, wasn't she? Yes! I was like, of all the things that turn you on, it's a rat. A rat called Tupac. <laughs> it's a bit weird, isn't it? So it started with Habiba thinking she had a rat. Yeah. Was I don't know how strange. she got that, that conclusion either. Because then no. he was like, no, I just made it up. And I was like, no, but she thought she had a rat anyway. Yeah. That's how you got into this conversation in the first place. <laughs> That's why I'm so confused. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a rat? That's the real mystery, guys. Is there actually a rat in Habiba's house? <laughs> I think the real mystery is why was this put in between Denny's funeral rather than a different week? <laughs> Eat God, don't, I know. Denny's funeral, right, should have been like its own separate episode. Yeah. I feel like I feel like the whole episode just should have been dedicated to him. I mean, we didn't get that, but uh, you know, you know, you know how I feel about that. 
You know how I feel about that. Or they could have just done the opposite and gave like Habiba and Jags their own spin-off, like Tango in the Night. You know, like Big Ricky and Bianca. Tango with Hags. <laughs> Hangle. Hangle. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That would be hilarious. And then they, they could even go and try and find the Amets on their cruise, wherever they are now. Cruising with hags instead of cruising with Jane oh. MacDonald. <laughs> love it. And you know what they could do? Like that scene in Tiger King, go on the speedboat. Oh, yes. Yes. Just get rev it up. The way he takes his sunglasses off as he does that, that's that. the best bit. He's just like, he's just like, I've still got a lot of, uh, a lot of secrets, a lot of stuff still got to come out. And then he just lifts the sunglasses and just rubs it up. <laughs> it's the eye of the tiger. It's the... <laughs> That's what it's really like. Isn't it? It's brilliant. I love that series. Anyone who hasn't watched it, please go and watch it. Mind you, I don't know many people who haven't, but if you haven't, please go watch it. So yeah, Habiba <laughs> gets rid of the rat. We'll go back. <laughs> yeah, go back Classic. to the plot. Classicals. <laughs> and then Jags gets rid of the invisible rat that he didn't have and she's angry about that but then talks about Tupac he talks about Tupac doesn't he yeah now All the time he was talking about it I have to be honest I thought he was talking about the rat back oh my god I was like sorry he knows Tupac I thought he had a friend that he nicknamed Tupac oh see that should have probably been the first thought that came into my head not the other way around I was like how does he know that that American rapper who died like decades ago. I was gonna say, surely wouldn't he be a bit too young to be friends with Tupac? So sorry for your loss, Jags. He was a fantastic singer. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that was enough to get her into bed, was it? It really was. I'm shocked. I shocked. mean, shocked. Shocking. Dead rap friends. Obviously works. Obviously works. She seemed to come to her. Sudden frightful realization and threw him out the house straight after. (laughs) Because he announces that it was a rat. To be fair to Jags here, he never stated it was a person or a rat. She made the assumption it was the person. I think she thought actual rapper. (laughs) Quite funny. Uh, just like you I know, I know. Jax would have gotten me in a bed as well exactly <laughs> and because she didn't say oh is that your friend and you never had a chance to go no it's a rat I think he assumed at that point she also knew that it was a rat because mm. I think that's the way Jax's brain works yes like rats we've just been talking about rats so then clearly my next conversation's about rats yeah like, that's what he thought. <laughs> However, that was not the case. No. And so, with barely any clothes on, Hubiba throws them out into the cold. <laughs> <laughs> but when you think it's all over for them, it's not. Ooh, they meet yes. again. Habiba's looking at some stuff on, I think, Kush's stall. Ooh. Jags walks past. She's initially like me. And then she's like, well, I'm going to the cafe. Uh, if you you would like to join or if you happen to be there later and I'm like oh I know she's like a little little cat on the prowl isn't she I love it she's got she's seen her sights are locked on something she's after it now that's what she is she's after it and he turned away looking pretty happy Hags is official Hags is official so Vinny Still hates Suki. 
Oh yes, he hasn't forgiven her. I mean, we still love Suki. Oh, we do. Suki's our queen. <laughs> yeah, we love her. We don't hate liars, not like Dotty. We love them. <laughs> <laughs> but Finny's on the same same wavelength as Dotty. He hates liars. He hates liars. He's not going to forgive his man. That's what bonds them. That's what bonds them. Yes, exactly. And that and graffiti. Yes. You know, that's kind of where his week started, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> where, where he was just graffitiing up a wall and Dottie just came over and spent some time with him. Friendship oh, blossomed. Well, what I, a friendship. I particularly enjoyed this week. Vinny going out to the cafe for coffees when their call centre's in the kitchen. Oh my God, that was everything. Wasting money. We all can see the kitchen. We can all see the kitchen <laughs> behind them. It's like they can't. It's like they <laughs> separated and they see work <laughs> just a call center they're all delusional they just see like just rows and rows and rows and rows of like call center they see loads of people behind yeah, answering yeah phones. Is... you know with a call center yeah if it's pest control why are they ringing people to tell them like they might need them or they do need them because really unless you actually have the problem you don't need them yeah that's a good point <laughs> Okay, you understand they're trying to get word yeah. out about their services, but like at the same time, would like would I want someone like phoning me up, like being like, "Hi, do you need birth control?" <laughs> Excuse me, my house is clean. Like, Offensive. Yeah, imagine phoning up like a pub. Hi, uh, Queen Vic. Um, just wanted to know, do you have rats? <laughs> No wonder people are putting the phone down at them and there's Karat saying it's because of your sales technique. No, it's because people on the other end are offended. Yeah. Full Got rats. Kathy. <laughs> Kathy, Kathy, do you have um, any cockroaches in the calf that we can kill? Plus, the last time Jags was like, I'll just look round somewhere. He started planting, didn't he? He started planting mm. little fake bits and pieces. Did a dotty, didn't he? He done a dotty. He's a dotty. Hates liars. She hates liars, but doesn't mind pretending that she's just a fan of <laughs> sandwich. <laughs> She did, she is a liar. <laughs> Hit liars, unless it's, it's by lying. me. <laughs> it's other liars. That's what you should have said. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, um, Vinny has to run out to get those coffees every day, doesn't he? Because like, literally two or three episodes was just him <laughs> out for coffee. Because <laughs> he couldn't possibly make them in the kitchen. Nah, nah. There's no Kenko. There's no Kenko, no. so you'll have to get along. And the milk's on the turn. So, you know, got to go to the calf. But then after this, we saw him want to create his DJ dreams and just invited himself into Ruby's and start playing. And she just walks in, is confused by the music, but walks back out, back out the door. I mean, is that not Ruby's role at the moment? <laughs> True. Like, I am so annoyed that they literally spend no time with Ruby. Like, it's, yeah, she just enters scene, leaves scene. It's so annoying! She's delivering the door, Johnny Allen! Don't Gave waste her! the storyline to Dark Man! <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and then she comes back in, and then obviously is like, okay, this is strange. I do love that Vinny just let himself in and was just having a whale of a time, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> him and Dottie are just two peas in a pod, aren't they? I mean, they would definitely make a better couple than, say, Dottie and Bobby or Dottie and Peter. I think so, too. Could that be, like, a, a love rectangle or square Ooh, or something? maybe. Like, maybe. Maybe. Maybe they could just be, like, Billy and, um, you know, Billy, Mitch and Karen and just have a 
a, a four-way polyamorous with Dotty just <laughs> pulling over them all. <laughs> um, so yes, Ruby obviously is like, uh, what are you doing in here? Like, what are you doing in my pub? Like, get out of my pub. No, no, get out of my, get out of my bar. And Finney's like, listen, I could bring all the crowds in. I could get you, he mentions all of his friends from uni and like all the crowds that they can bring. And so she's like, all right. Well, my favourite right. part was when she asked for references and he, he was lying about a load of jobs. And then he went, uh, my cousin can be one. I think Ruby's going to love that. I feel like that is kind of like what we all were like when we left high school. Yeah. You know, wanted to send with CV out. So obviously, even with all of his like, bad references and clearly he's lying about his cv she still gives him a chance she gives him a chance she doesn't exactly give him a role or a job yes she's kind of like well we'll see (laughs) i feel like that's kind of what you say but then don't give him anything like isn't it (laughs) i'll call you i'll check with the reference who's your cousin but don't call us we'll call you (laughs) yeah (laughs) please stop letting yourself in it's the way she still makes him pack up because he's he thinks he could just stay there and she's like no off you go like a squat (laughs) (laughs) i'm just chilling so we go back to the call center or as i like to call it the kitchen i'm telling you emma all they need now is just to take finney put him in the living room bear with us bear with us nightclub nightclub I in want a customer service desk with Suki. Perfect. Perfect. Get that in the front. Get that by the front door. <laughs> Bathroom. Bathhouse with Jags. Little homeware section in one of the bedrooms. There you go. There you go. Karat's room. Gym equipment. There you go. <laughs> Little gym. <laughs> I could so say this. The Panasaurus multi, multi-store or something. <laughs> So they need to get money together is what we can hear whilst Jags and Vinny are on the phone and then getting told by Karat they're not selling it very well. And we hear them say, we need we need to get money together fast. And Suki's like, well, we'll call so-and-so. And then quick trip to Middlesbrough decided, they're going. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's like, let's go to Middlesbrough. So Vinny is going to stay because he has already technically organised his party. He's just waiting to send those invites. He's just waiting to press send on probably like their fake version of Facebook. Yes, yeah. RSVP. But Karat thinks he's staying for very different reasons. Because obviously he's nominated Jags to go because he's like, would you really want Jags in charge? And he's like, I get it. You've got a woman coming round. Oh, Karat, he's trashing your house and having a party. I know. All your call centre stuff, it's out. Off it goes. Where are they going to put it? Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Where Just fold it up. Do you remember in like all those 90s like movies and stuff, they always like had like one of those beds that folded down. That's what I imagine. He's just, just going to pick up the computer table, right? And he goes <laughs> into the kitchen cupboards. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Duh. So this week saw Karen trying to find flats because she needs to move away with Caden because obviously Ian's gave her the money, being all dark Ian and blackmailing her practically. Be like, you got to get out. (laughs) I do just love it. She's just like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. So yes, 
Karen is basically left with no no other options, really, like you say, and she's looking for houses. And naturally, she has to then tell everyone that she can't be on the square for much longer, that they're, that they're going to either have to move or with Arrow, they can stay here, but she's going to have to leave with this baby because that's the priority for Karen. So Billy wonders how their relationship's going to work if she leaves because she mentions weekends he could come visit, but he's like, no, I've got work, the kids. And then he says, you can come visit because you've got the kids, like Bernie, come see her, Keegan. And Karen's like, no, can't do that <laughs> because Sharon will see the baby and that's all point of moving away. Yes, Karen, yeah. but they are your kids. <laughs> Yeah, it is odd that Karen is willing to just abandon her children. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Not even in the sense of Karen Taylor. No. Like, the whole the whole fact is, Karen does love her family. Her children are her world. We've always known that. So it doesn't make any sense. Like she's essentially saying, now I'll never see them again. Yeah. It's so weird. And so Billy obviously is just like, well, that's the end of us then. Because we're just not going to be able to do long distance. Okay, Billy. So Mitch has an offer. Why don't him and Bailey go with her? Because obviously Bailey's upset. Mm-hmm. But Mitch drops the bombshell that he's still in love with Karen. I mean, is it a bombshell? I'm so confused like... by their relationships. Mitch and Karen have this weird yeah. like, husband-wife style relationship that they're not in, but act like they yes. are. But then she's with Billy, but you never really see them as a couple. It's... At one know. point, I thought they were just co-parents, like Mitch and Karen, yeah. just co-parenting. But then, like, like then there was episodes where they would just sleep together randomly. Oh, what about and Ball and Change? Because Ball and Change, they were put as a couple and then yeah. separated for that. Exactly. It's just so weird. It's just so weird. So, I've been seeing it for ages. Her, Mitch and Billy are clearly in a polyamorous relationship. Or some sort of open relationship, at the very least. We just kind of accept that yeah. every now and again she'll be with Mitch. Every now and again she'll be with Billy. We don't ask questions. We just accept it. <laughs> I just, like, I'm so confused because then Karen was just like, what do you mean you love me? You don't care about loving me. I was just like, Karen, where is all this coming from? <laughs> I was like, I think Mitch is quite, has proven himself. He's been on the square for quite a while now. He's been helping look after everyone for quite a while. I much prefer Karen and Mitch to Karen and Billy. It's always I Billy and too. Honey. Billy and Honey for me. Me too. I don't, everyone who listens knows I'm not a big fan of Billy. However, because I still don't forgive him for what he did to Jamie Mitchell when, when they first introduced Billy. But that's all right. He's going way back, way back, that's, that's way back. That's going way back. I don't forget anything. Uh, <laughs> my crutches aren't run deep. Isn't that right, Carol? <laughs> and isn't that right, Kathy? <laughs> yeah, I remember. <laughs> so, like... Even though I don't really like Billy, I have to say, Billy and Honey are end game. That That's just it. So I'm not a fan of Karen and Billy. But Karen chooses Billy, comes back and he says, no, I can make it work. Well, my brain's just had a thought. Right. It, it's really worked hard on this, quite okay. clearly. Okay. I'm proud of it. Is it like that meme, the woman going? Yeah. Working it all out. <laughs> I don't know why I paused there silently. I keep doing that, even though we're on a podcast. So, their group name, if they were all in a relationship together, would be Bitchin'. Oh! Oh my God. That is the best. I know. Let, 
EastEnders get this polyamorous threesome on the way. Just like, so we can say it. Yeah, just so we'd be like, oh, bitchin's on screen. Come on, hashtag bitchin. Favourite scene of the week. Our favourite scene this week was Shirley being hit on the head by a milk carton, thrown by Tina, and just casually saying, I can't believe she did that. <laughs> Favourite scene of the week. Da, 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 da. It's time for this week's Slapping Dan. And I mean, this person has been over the course of technically two weeks. I know it's a week of episodes, really. But two weeks, so you know, you get a major slapping down for this. And it is Ian. Ian. It has to be Ian, doesn't it? Dark Ian now. Oh, God, don't, don't, Emma. I know. He's gone <laughs> completely dark, Ian. I can't, I can't with these dark storylines. I can't. They keep giving it to the wrong person. I keep saying dark Ruby makes sense. <laughs> what next? Dark Lexi. <laughs> <laughs> Live for that. <laughs> Duh. It's time for this week's hero. And again, it's over two weeks, so this is a real hero. And our hero of the week is Sharon. Sharon! Again, another absolute has to be because Sharon has been through so much struggles. This week we've seen her deal with some of the hardest stuff she's ever had to deal with the, the burial and the funeral of her treasured son. And she has done that. She has managed to pull herself together to do it, which I think is amazing, considering how how important he was to her, and then also help save Phil from himself. Like, she forgave Phil. Yeah. And then even apologised to Phil for, essentially, like, she basically blamed herself for everything that's happened. And Phil even had to say, no, it's not your fault. And I feel like Sharon has just been amazing this week. She's even got him out of jail and everything. Yeah. What a woman. What a woman. So as Sharon was our hero of the week, we will be rating this week, well, these last two weeks technically, out of Sharon's. And we are going to give it 3.5 Sharon's. I mean, it has to. I enjoyed little elements of it. There was little bits here and there that I might have tweaked or changed or preferred not to have been in. But overall, it was a fun week. I liked all the Sharon and Phil scenes and the Ben and Phil scenes. Yes. I do think we should have seen Denny's funeral and that definitely knocked off a few points for me. Yeah, I agree. It's getting beyond a joke now that we're not getting funerals. We're not like vultures or anything. We just want to see <laughs> we just want to see the drama of the funeral. Welcome to Best of Friends part two. Yay! And this time, I'll be giving the questions out and Connor will be answering. So all you've got to do is guess correctly. So I've got five main questions uh-huh. and then I've got five quick fire questions. Ooh, I look forward to this. Let's kick it off. I'm going to start with the two easy ones and then just get maybe a bit Ooh. harder. Who knows? Oh, I mean, if I get this wrong, I'm going to look like the worst friend ever. <laughs> Considering I only got one wrong in yours. Yeah. <laughs> Which family would I want to be part of? Slaters. Yes. Easy. Easy, because we love the Slaters. Both got the same one there. Yeah. Who is my favourite character? Stacy. Yes. 
Yeah, I always remember. That's your favourite. Where would I go if I was on a night out? Now, I'll give you a little clue. It's a throwback. Oh, a throwback. Is it... What's the name of it? Uh, I can't remember. Was it the... Was it owned by a certain gangster? He was one of the previous owners. Ah, is it A20? It's the same place, but it was the R&R. Oh, sugar. I was trying to think of the names. I was trying to think of like all the different names of the pub. And I was like, <laughs> it's been Scarlet's, Ruby's, A20. <laughs> I just feel like Ronnie and Roxy just had that place at its best, didn't they? Yes. They knew a good yeah, night absolutely. out. They were. They were the best. They would throw a good night out. I would totally be there. Yeah. What was my favourite EastEnders game to play on their website back in the day? Well, there's two that I can think of, and I could get it wrong if I picked the wrong one. I'm going to say it's the one where you got to take the clothes off. No, Is it not? It's Is the it other the, one. The Ghost of Warfare. I absolutely loved the Ghost of oh, Warfare. <laughs> I knew because me and you talk about the games so much. Now I was yeah. like, well, there's only two that me and Emma always talk about. It's the ones where you took the clothes off the Pat Butcher or a dot. Um, or it's the one where it's the Ghosts of Warfare pass. I absolutely loved both of them. They were both amazing. But the Ghosts of Warfare, I would spend just a tiny bit more time on because I was like, yeah, ooh, I need to find the ghosts. If I could sing at the piano with any character, past or present, who would I choose to sing with? <laughs> <laughs> Derek yes <laughs> oh, I love that <laughs> that's everything that is everything so you got three there nearly four you're so close oh quick fire ready mm-hmm. Martin or Dark Martin Martin <laughs> yes Keanu or Keanu Keanu yes <laughs> Chrissy Watts or Mad May? Chrissy Watts. Obviously. Cat and Alfie or Cat and Cush? Cat and Alfie. Always. I love Cat and Cush, but Cat and Alfie are just the best. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I curse you are slapping Dan. Oh, oh, that's such a tough one. Oh, I think I'm going to have to go with slapping Dan. Yay! Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> You only got two wrong. You've done very well. Oh, my God. <laughs> if I get this wrong, I'm like going to be the worst friend in the world. Emma, I want to speak to us again. <laughs> Podcast cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> this week's episode was sponsored by The Archers CCTV. 4D, perfect clarity for capturing people red-handed in the act of stealing your only piece of leverage. Disclaimer. Disconnected by Phil Mitchell in 1992. Hope you enjoyed the fireworks. Good night.